So Jennifer, I remember, you know, the twins were 18 months old when Brent was born. So there's 18 months difference between them. And the twins were down to one nap a day. Well, here comes Brent and he's taking all of his naps and it's awesome and whatever. And But at about 10 months old, it was nap time, horror time with him. He didn't want to go down. He did not want to miss anything that was going on in the Hunter house. He had two older brothers and sisters and he was making sure to watch all of them. And oh my gosh, I can remember just being torn right between trying to stick with two naps for him as long as possible, but knowing that, hey, he's probably going to have to go to one nap sooner than I would have chosen. So I had to look at the positive. I had to be like, okay, well, the boys are taking one nap a day. I can put Brent down at the same time that they're going down. I might actually get an hour to be able to do things. So I was able to kind of adjust things, pull the boys down a little bit, push Brent up a little bit, and we started going to one nap a day sooner than I ever would have wanted to have done. But that is the dilemma that we find ourselves in as parents so often. Well, everybody has a different dynamic and different demands on different number of children. So we get a question about switching from one nap to two naps. And, you know, when is it ideal? Everybody is... Okay, Jennifer, switching from two naps to one nap. Oh, wait, did I get that backwards? I haven't (laughs) had my nap. This is the problem. I think we should nap. I mean, we're sleep experts, right? So that just seems right. I think we should. Let's Going do from, it. you're so right. Going, some, one of us is awake. Going from two naps to one nap. And, you know, what is the right time for that? It's so different based on different kids and different families. The other thing I remember about Brent, though, and even to this day, I keep saying that he is going to be a doctor in space. He's so brilliant. Is that he was an engineer. And his naps were a bit doomed by that, by virtue of the amount of mental energy that he spins each day. And so when you do have those little engineers, what you find is you get your good nap days and your bad nap days. It's like once every week and a half, as soon as they kind of hit that one year mark, you'll get a good nap. And then the others are just wonky by virtue of having all that mental energy. And Brent so falls into that category. But let's take a question from somebody and see if we can keep those naps from being the horror that you describe. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Today's episode is brought to you by Cozy Earth and Spoonful One. Starting solids can be so much fun and bring so many questions. At Moms on Call, we are passionate about starting this adventure as soon as they are sitting with minimal support, have good head control, and they want what you are eating. Usually, this is between four to six months of age. And part of starting solids 
is offering a variety of food options, including, with the new guidelines, potential allergen foods. Enter Spoonful One. Spoonful One products provide gentle daily exposure of 16 food allergens. They make it easy with products that grow with your child. From mix-ins to puffs to our personal favorite, the oat crackers. One pack, once a day for one year. Go to SpoonfulOne.com backslash moms on call for more information and to get your exclusive 35% off offer on their products. All right, I'm gonna be honest. My sheets are typically the $20 sheets that are on sale. And that's pretty much what I've always had until Cozy Earth sent me these sheets and I'm, I'm speechless. And that's that takes a lot to make me speechless. <laughs> well, you know, they say they're so super soft. And I'll tell you, the minute you put them on and you're like, having your hand, you know, just kind of getting all the little wrinkles out of it and just brushing your hand along it. Like, that's <gasps> when you know. Like, you're like, I don't know that I should get in a bed this comfortable. I want to keep using the word butter. And I know that <laughs> butter may or may not be exactly the right word, but it's buttery soft. So guys, we need you to head over for more information to CozyEarth.com. They have like a hundred days to try these sheets out. And, you know, Jennifer, you were talking about, you know, the princess and the pea because, you know, I have had some sheets and you can feel those little balls and they're mm-hmm. just, you're like, dang. It's distracting. <laughs> it is so distracting. You don't want to sleep on those. I'm so like such a princess to even say it, but it's true. CozyEarth.com. And they're also giving us, our listeners, a discount code. And I think it's one of the best that they've done. So uh, when you check out, if you'll do Mom's on Call 40 at CozyEarth.com, you'll get 40% off. You could feel like butter. <laughs> This is Alyssa from Wilmington, North Carolina. My son's name is Brody. My question is, how do I know when to go down for one nap a day? Which nap do I drop? Thank you so much for your um, help, moms. Have a good one. Alyssa! North Carolina! Oh, Wilmington! Let's go, let's go. Right? Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. I think we should road trip. There's a great museum there. Yeah. Um, And here's a wonderful question. Also, going from the two naps to the one naps, I think one part of that question was, which one? What a great question. And it's the first one. (laughs) You know, that morning nap. And you are going to want to turn around after you start this process. So I'm so glad we have time to talk about this today. Because, Laura, we've said this before. What number? Starts with N, like nap. Nine. It is going to take nine days for this adjustment. But, you know, what are some things that we do, we need to look for when we begin? Because we're trying to keep two naps as long as possible, right? We're trying to... As long as it fits into, yeah, your life. Life, yes. But what are some things that that we can begin to say, ooh, you know what? Now we need to be considering going down to one nap a day. 
Mm, I would love to define the word wonky, but any mom who has had a kid knows exactly what that means, right? That didn't go as planned understands what wonky means. Like the, one of the naps is getting really wonky. It's shorter. They're waking up in the middle. They're so much more restless than usual. It's taken forever for them to go down. I mean, they are looking at you like, lady. Or dad. <laughs> or dad. not Mr. Yet. Hello, <laughs> <Yeah>. mister. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, what is happening? So the, one of the naps gets wonky. We also can see some interruptions in their feeding and sleeping cycles. So, you know, we just noticed that their feeding seemed to be a little off. They're a little finicky. And they're not quite going down at night as easily. You just get these little indicators, especially if you've been a mom's on-call family and you've really been enjoying that the schedule plugs along according to, you know, what, what's been written according to plan. Right. So this is a great way. So you know when something's off. So we get those wonky naps. Those are really great indicators. Well, it's time, it's time to take that nine-day plunge. And have cranky pants in the morning and try and find activities to keep them awake. And it's not easy. And you think, Distraction. I did this too soon. All, the, all normal things to think. But go to that one nap in the afternoon. So, Lord, talk about that afternoon nap. So, you know, typically what's, what you'll notice is either the morning nap is fantastic and the afternoon nap starts to get rough or vice versa. And I always like to go ahead and get down onto that one. I don't shift. I don't go slow. We just decide today is the day. Day one of nine. <laughs> one, day one, <laughs> like ground zero, right? Yeah. Day one of nine. And so we always say, look, life happens. We've got drop-offs and pickups and those kind of things. We're trying to pick a time, typically between 1230 and 1.30 that we are going to get down for that one good nap a day. And we want to try to be as consistent as reality will allow. So let's find that time that's going to work most days and begin to shift that. And we, we still do our pre-nap routine and we go in the room and we love on them and have a story and change their diapers and, and all those fun things before we get them down. But we're going to shoot for somewhere around that after lunch period um, when we get them down. And, you know, that's hopefully somewhere between 12 and 15 months. I mean, that's usually when we begin to see that they're going down to that one nap, except when you have your fifth kid and he wants to take everything in and we had to move it. <laughs> he was to one just nap. a couple months early. Oh that's my totally gosh. fine. We'll have some kids that are a couple months later than that. I totally still wasn't fine. happy about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> but you did get the one nap a day. I did. Life changing. I've been around your kids. His brothers are a lot of fun. Right? You cannot blame him for not wanting to miss out on those shenanigans. Shenanigans is right. I'm just saying. <laughs> a kind term that mothers of multiple children use <laughs> when you have an instigator at all times. And, you know, one of the things that I think with that nap, so whatever time you picked, let's say one o'clock works for you most days. So now instead of your morning nap, you're keeping that child awake or ch children, if you're mom of multiples and you're doing this with two at the same time, 
and do both of them at the same time. Don't try and keep one twin on one schedule and one on another. Just go ahead with this. And they both go down um, at one o'clock. You make it to one o'clock and you think they're going to just be exhausted and go right to sleep. And that doesn't always happen, certainly on the first few days, while we're just resetting their little internal clocks. So right now, that's our goal. We're trying to reset that internal clock so the same things happen at the same time each day for about two or three days, and then their little clock gets set. And that helps so much. And if we can stick it out for about those nine days, we'll be transitioned over to those one nap a day days. And those can be longer. Yeah, which is good. And they typically sleep longer and they can go a little longer now that they're down to one nap a day, especially as if the nights are, are good and great, we don't have to stress too much about how long they're sleeping in the daytime. And, you know, it's just, it's part of that, those next transitions that happen. And there's always transitions. There's always bumps in the road. And that's why we love what we get to do, which is partner with families all the time through the bumps and the curveballs that always seem to come out of nowhere. So we hope that this information has been really helpful for you as you make that nine-day transition. That's when it'll smooth out and you'll feel like, okay, now we're into a good rhythm. And if for some reason you have to turn back, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. No, the next time you're ready to try and drop that morning nap, just remember, nine days. You've got this. Your baby and toddler food questions answered. Welcome to the Moms on Call Snack Attack, brought to you by Spoonful One. Jennifer, some of my favorite things to have done with my kids when they were toddlers was watching them explore food. It was so cool seeing them use all of their senses, squishing the food and tasting the food and seeing the food and dropping the food. And it was the best. And really watching them navigate different textures. I can remember Blake, you know, tasting spinach, kind of that creamed spinach for the first time. And it was sticking on his face and just his eyes as he was like, what is this? It was so (laughs) much fun. Well, I love to hear those stories. And I have a question for you. So did you ever trick your toddlers into eating? Oh, yes. No doubt about it. I think if you're walking around right now, somebody tricked you into eating something at some point in your life. Yes, we have to have those tools in our in our pocket because sometimes, and you and I have both found that when they see these newer things on their tray, some kids are adventurous and will try them and some kids are a little more hesitant. So how, how did you trick your kids? <laughs> if you have the hesitant kid... Like I knew my oldest, Grayson, sometimes we would go, you can't eat that. You're not old enough to eat that. You're not going to be able to finish that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Right? Yeah. And he was so motivated, much like his mother, by being told what he could not do, (laughs) that it worked like a charm. So yes, I actually did trick him and it worked every time. So is it okay to trick your kids into eating sometimes? Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. 
If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.